Hey. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. That's the name of the guy who... I believe that's his name. I didn't even have to Google that. It just popped in my head today. It's just not bubbling. Something's going on with this uh, little foot bath thing. It normally bubbles. The water bubbles. I'll have to figure that out later. Uh, Anyway, uh, welcome to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend. Slow-mo. Yeah, Kyle Anderson. Slow-mo. It's your good friend. Xmas. Christmas. Okay, there goes the bubbles. Or Aaron, whatever you earn. A.A. Ron, whatever you want to call me. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It is uh, April 26th. Yeah, it's a new day. Tuesday, April 26th. Today was a pretty good day overall. I exceeded my goal. Exceeded my goal. I try to just get out here and make $200 a day. It's a goal. And praise glory to God, I was able to do that today. Even though I got a late start, God is so good. And that last delivery put me over the top. Got my feet soaking because this corn is getting on my nerves and I am refused to pay money for corn pads and whatever little serum stuff, whatever the alcohol stuff. There's a stuff you can put on a corn and it's supposed to dissolve it. I don't know. I should, uh, well, I'm going to keep doing my little soaking my feet when I can and putting Vaseline on it. And I got some uh, sports tape to reduce friction. My shoes fit well. It's just, I don't know. It's something about the right foot. It's ever since I was wearing, what happened was I used to wear chucks a lot when I make deliveries. And eventually my feet were like, dude, you shouldn't be walking this many miles, taking over 6,000 steps a day and wearing chucks. You need some better food. I mean, better shoes. But by the time I switched out of shoes, yeah, the damage had already been done to this right foot. Oh, well. Is there anything else going on? It was so weird. This woman today had this shirt on that said, if hell is real, then I'm not in it. This most random shirt. I see some weird stuff when I'm out. I see a lot of, I don't know. I'm very observant of everything at the stores. I notice people's, what they have on, what their hairstyle is like, what kind of shoes they have on, what kind of girlfriend they're walking around with. I used to look at... Alright, I'll be honest. I still do look sometimes to see if the different women have rings on. 
Uh, I do this whole imagination in my head, like, hmm, I wonder if they're married. Then I see the ring, yep, they're married. And then I just, like, I don't know. My brain goes down all these different scenarios and I'm out making deliveries. Ah, really, yeah. I feel like I'm getting close to the, I won't say breaking point. But yeah, I'm getting close to the breaking point of feeling like I, I really want to settle down with somebody. But I need to yeah, get some things in order before that happens. And really write down some clear. It's crazy. Every time I write down, I've written down goals in my life. (laughs) Things that I'm turning out completely different than whatever I have written down. So I just stopped making plans and goals. I have some visions in my head. Like one of the visions I have is seeing my kids with me at church on Sunday and having them with me at least every other weekend and being a part of their lives consistently and going to their games and coaching my son and sons (laughs) and whatever, whatever they decide to do. Yeah, playing trumpet with my son, Aiden. That's part of why I kind of really should get like a duplex or a house so that I can play that trumpet whenever I want with him. Not have to leave an apartment and worry about making too much noise. We'll figure it out. What else? But the reason why I'm leaning more toward an apartment is due to the fact that uh, I don't know. Yeah, like security. Like I would like to get an apartment that has you got to be buzzed in to get inside. It's not as easy to get inside. And uh, it'll be cheaper, at least by a few hundred dollars. And I plan on going traveling on the weekends. I don't have my kids. I'm thinking about going to do Instacarting in other cities. So I don't have to worry about how secure my place is and all that stuff. I don't know. Having somebody watch your place and all that. Anyway, these are just thoughts I think about. All right, we're in Psalm 71. Psalm 71. I believe that's where we're at. Let me just double check really fast. Really fast. Yeah, Psalm 71. God's helping old age. Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. 
Listen closely, closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. I feel like I'm just reading this totally off. Let's back it up. Rewind, rewind. Well, this is 24 verses. All right. Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me, where I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked. I put a little note in here. It's false or weak power. It's not real power. Just similar to like Pharaoh and his magicians that he used, he uh, used to copy all of the things that Moses was able to do with his staff. He, you know, and some of the plagues, Pharaoh had his magicians and sorcerers or whatever, whatever they are, copy the same stuff that Moses was doing. But it's a false power. It's a uh, weak power. It's not anything like God's power from the. Yeah. All right. Deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and oppressive. For you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from my youth. Something about having a relationship with God from the time you're a kid. Um, I mean, you can accept him into your heart at any point, but it's really cool when you have a history with him from the time you're a kid and just. Yeah, you just sense his presence even as a child and take that into your adulthood. I have leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. I am like a miraculous sign to many and you are my strong refuge. Ain't that the truth? My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long man in the last especially this year i feel like i my prayer life has increased exponentially where i feel like i that whole pray without ceasing i find myself just praying like all the time like almost all the time i'm praying like just and if i don't have the words to say i'll just start praying in tongues and spirit Hope is confident. This is the Tony Evans. Little, he has this little section called hope words. He said hope is confident expectation that God is going to do what he says he will do. Mm. He said, don't discard me in old age as my strength fails. Do not abandon me for my enemies. Talk about me and those who spy on me plot together saying, God has abandoned him, chase him and catch him, for there is no one to rescue him. Verse 12, God, do not be far from me. My God, hurry to help me. I love whenever he says, my God. Like he says, God, do not be far from me. And then he clarifies even more, goes even deeper personally, says, my God, it's personal. My God, you're my God. It's amazing that there's 8 billion people on this planet and there's 
been billions of people that came before the 8 billion people that are here now. And somehow God knows each and every one of us by name. He knows every hair on our head, every corn on our toes, every random mole on the side of our head. And (laughs) uh, what else? Yeah, he just knows all the details of our life, of us. Oh, he knows all the cells in our body, too. Isn't that pretty cool? That's a lot of detail. All right, God, do not be far from me, my God. Hurry to help me. May my adversaries be disgraced and destroyed. May those who intend to harm me be covered with disgrace and humiliation. But... There you go. Butts in the Bible. I love that word. But but I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long. Though I cannot sum them up, I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. I'm going to pause for a second. I feel led to just share something briefly, just how... Just this season of singleness, I've been, what, officially haven't dated anybody in, like, well, let's see, all right, haven't had actual sexual relations with anyone, like actual physical sex with someone since two, over two years ago. In September, it'll be three years. Yeah, this summer will be officially three years. Um, I was briefly dating a young lady uh, who was on this podcast, actually. If you go back and listen to one of the older episodes, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, about a month ago. No, it's been more than a month now. Two months? I can't remember when I stopped talking to Steffi Curry, but uh, yeah. Anyway, my main point is, and I've made friendships with women uh, off and on in that time span. And I'm currently talking to a really sweet young lady. Uh, But my main point, what I'm trying to say is, God has sustained me during this time. Uh, I feel like every day is a day of salvation. When I'm at the grocery store, man, they have on that. They be having their like love music on playing. I really, I'm surprised more people don't meet their spouses spouses at the grocery store, or it's, they they put on that music and kind of have it a club type atmosphere or whatever. I love music, the R&B. What song do they have on? They had this one song. I was like, wow, I can't believe they have this playing. I can't remember what it was, but it was, just, yeah, it was some baby making music. It's like, why they got this on at the grocery store? Anyway, I see a lot of beautiful women at the store. And... Especially with getting warmer and less and less clothes, like 
the fact that I'm able to resist and not give in to those temptations, even, yeah, sometimes I'm tempted to make a move here and there, but I know, I don't know, there's, I, I don't know, unless God shows me otherwise, I have yet to, I don't know. I haven't had a divine encounter with any woman at the grocery store, and I kind of don't think I, I don't have the expectation that I will. But overall, just all these emotions and these yearnings and desires to be married again and to have relations again. Yeah, every night is a test. Every night is a, uh, every day is a test to just give in to lust, to uh, act on different emotions. Going on over, has to be it been at least two, over two weeks of avoiding masturbation and not looking at anything inappropriate or listening to anything inappropriate, inappropriate. So I haven't been keeping count specifically, but I know it's been at least over two weeks. So yeah, there you go. I'm boasted on God. It's nothing but the Holy Spirit empowering me to do it. Not covenant eyes on my phone. Not to say if you have covenant eyes, more power to you. That's great. Keep paying your subscription every month. Um, for me personally, that would work because I'll just find some other way to access videos or audio, porn, or whatever. So, anyway. Um, yeah, it's nothing but the Holy Spirit working through me, empowering me to do this, to resist all these temptations out here. And also just carry my heart overall pretty well. I have my days, like, I vent to my brother. I was telling him today, I was like, man, I really would like a girlfriend. Um, but not not a girlfriend just for the sake of having a girlfriend or somebody to just use for what she can provide me. Like, you fill in the blank uh, what she can, a woman can provide for me. But just somebody that eventually... I could see as my wife and somebody I can build, continue to build God's kingdom. So together. So anyway, just being patient and waiting. And uh, two things that someone told me, I think I've shared this before on the podcast is I heard someone say, I heard one person say there's, if you think about the word wait, Similar to the word W, weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, like pounds, heaviness. And so as you're waiting, God is preparing you and strengthening you and you're developing these skills so that uh, you can bear the weight of the ministry or whatever he has for you or the relationship. Because marriage takes work. It takes a lot of energy, time, effort and patience and selflessness like my pastor says, you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married. And so, um, yeah, to be able to bear the weight of that, the weightiness in the waiting, you get stronger and you can handle more. God can put more on your plate without you feeling overwhelmed or stressed out because uh, you've been battle tested. And then also uh, while you're waiting, you also should be a waiter, W-A-I-T. W-A-I, did I say it right? W-A-I-T. So, or W-A-I-T-E-R, like a waiter. I, I, for many years, I waited tables as a server. And uh, 
servers, they anticipate their guest needs. They make people feel welcome, special and appreciated. They serve people. They um, selflessly, they bite their tongue even when customers are being or uh, guests are being being rude, you know, and um, some of the a lot of things that waiters do, they are underpaid for. But anyway, it's very humbling to be a waiter and to serve people. But yeah, use this opportunity while you're waiting to serve, uh, whether you're serving your own children, serving your family members, serving yeah, those in your proximity, uh, serving at church, finding ways to serve. Every day I go out here and do these deliveries. I, I don't take it lightly. I realize, yeah, I'm actually serving people. So, And Jesus came to serve, not be served. So, yeah, waiting, W A. remember, while you're waiting for whatever you're waiting for, W-E-I-G-H-T, God is developing, making you stronger so that you can bear the weight of whatever he has for you in the next season. Uh, and also, he's also empowering you to wait on people, to be a waiter, to be a servant. All right, so, and honestly... So many of us really don't even belong in relationships. Um, but, you know, society, you know, these restaurants, they have dinner for two and you see couples out and they have date nights and you see your friends getting married and having babies. And you see the pictures on Facebook and Instagram. You're like, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that guy. And we've glamorized that so much. And um like a Mother Teresa, she wouldn't have been able to do all the things that she did if she uh, had a spouse. There's also this woman, I think I've shared about her before, I can't remember her name, but she has this whole testimony of like, God called her to live in the inner city amongst these gang members. The first thing they did when she moved in, they like smeared a bunch of poop around her place and just trashed her whole home. And she, yeah, they and they later told her that we were just seeing if you were really about this, like this life. So many people, do-gooders come into our neighborhood and say they're going to do this or do that and change this, but they are not really, they don't love them or care about them. They, yeah, they're not really about it, about it, as an old rapper would say. Anyway, so, but she said later on that she wouldn't, would not have been able to do that. She knows she wouldn't have been able to have the same impact. I didn't ask my counselor on Wednesday what the name of that woman is and when I find out I'll share it yeah she said that she would not have had the same impact if she had a spouse because our spouse wouldn't have been able to handle it she already knows they would have left a long time ago or said we need to move out of this neighborhood so just think about that for those of y'all that might feel like you feel this rush or urge to get married again something I'm wrestling with uh, because once you get married, a lot of times it's all about pleasing your spouse and doing these traditional things that fit in the norms of uh, the traditional American family, the nice house with the dog and the cars and the, the things, the stuff, the events, the soccer games. The, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but you get wrapped into that world of... Um, but at what the rest of the world is doing, not to say there's anything wrong with that. And if God were to like call you to do something completely radically different than that, 
like move to Estonia tomorrow and do mission work or move into the inner city or I don't know, you know, not even necessarily have to move into the inner city. Just start a house church right in your neighborhood. Like, um, whatever that thing may be that you feel God is putting your heart to do, it's a lot harder to do when you have somebody else that you have to consult, you know, to make those decisions. So. But the beauty of a spouse a lot of times is they can be, God can speak through them and they can see things in your life to help you grow. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off. My bad. I didn't mean to get all on that tangent. All right, verse, where was I? I'm just going to read 14 again and then finish it out. But I, but I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long. Though I cannot sum them up. Mm. I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Yeah, if I could write down, if I took the time to write down all the things the Lord has done for me and his mighty acts and his salvation, salvation, grace in my life, saving grace, all the times he came through for me, it, I couldn't. It would be volumes 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 of books god you have taught me from my youth and i still proclaim your wondrous works even while i am old and gray god do not abandon me it's like the second time you said that while i proclaim your power to another generation your strength to all who are to come and god definitely didn't abandon him he provided him a uh was a support support was the one that lay next to him in his old age, apparently, apparently they didn't do anything, but she just lay next to him and cuddled him at night, kept him warm in his old age. Even while I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me while I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. Your righteousness reaches the heights, God. You have done great things. God, who is like you? You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. Uh, that reminds me of Psalm 66. I was talking about that. I actually share that. This is a guy uh, I've run into. I've run into him at the grocery store a couple times, and he battles with some uh, an autoimmune disease that uh, attacks his body and is causing him to limp right now. And I, I prayed for him and, uh, I was just encouraging him and just telling him he was sharing something with me where he felt like he, yeah, had been cursed like some voodoo stuff by somebody. And, and I ultimately just told him like that everything that happens to us has to pass through the hands of God first. So even no matter what you may feel like happened to you, like, just like it says here, you caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. Now, that's a hard scripture to, to read when you're still waiting on the limp to go away, when you're still waiting on the autoimmune disease to, to cure, when you're still waiting on the cancer diagnosis to show that you have no cancer. Um, when you're waiting on the spouse and every night you are just yearning with all this passion and 
desires to love somebody and be loved. Like, it's really hard during the waiting season. But whether it happens on this side of heaven or on the other side, this is a promise that you can stand on, that he will revive you again, that he will bring you up again, just like he did Job and gave him double for his trouble. All right, verse 21, you will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I will praise you with the heart. Some of us might feel like we have no honor anymore. I know for me, I struggle with that one. At one point, I feel like, you know, I was a respected family man, a father, and people looked up to me. Even one of my, the guy that was the best man in my wedding, he's like, man, Aaron, what happened, man? You and, you and, um, I won't say her real name over here. I'm trying not to say her real name on this podcast, but Katie, you and Katie, Y'all had a great thing going on. Like, y'all, like, everybody was looking up to our marriage because, yeah, a lot of our friends at that time, they were focused on school and their careers. And to see us getting married as young as we did, a lot of people looked up to that and thought of us as this, like, ideal couple and with the perfect family with the four, two boys, two girls, and this ideal family and anyway no family is perfect everybody got some dysfunction some issues so um but anyway just that honor that word honor a lot of times and a lot of yeah the standard one of the standards they people look at or for when they're looking for a deacon or an elder in the church is somebody who is a family man or anyway sometimes i wonder if i'll ever get that honor back not to say that i'm looking for the praises of men but just to feel, I don't know, kind of what I felt before when I was a family man, a father, and just, I don't know, yeah, feel important. But anyway, sometimes God has to strip all that away so that you don't find your value in that. You find your value only in the Lord. And then when he restores it to you, then yeah, it doesn't all go to your head. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I will praise you with a harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with a lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will, pro will proclaim your righteousness all day long for those who intend to harm me will be disgraced and confounded. Or I like the word confused or yeah. They'll be baffled, though. They'll look like fools. And as you know, Mr. T said, I pity the fool. All right, this is a really long recording, but hey, this is some good stuff. All right, I'm going to read these Tony Evans notes and then do a quick prayer. Uh, never under, he says, never underestimate the staying power of faith when children are taught to know and love the Lord from an early age. I'm blessed to have been raised in a pretty solid Christian home where my dad was like pretty intense with his relationship walk with God. He had this whole spirit spiritual encounter in 1983 and that God just basically rocked his world. He just saw some really God allowed him to see some really cool stuff. And uh my mom she was a steady, steady in her faith. She wasn't as radical as my pops, but yeah, she was definitely steady um, in her walk with God and uh, showed me a different viewpoint on 
how your walk with God can be. It doesn't always have to be very, like, can be, um, how do I say this? Not as bold, not as like, yeah, more reserved, but still the spirit of God can be residing in a person just because they don't witness to everybody and they're not, you know, this radical evangelist or, you know, or constantly like my, when I'll come home, I'll see my dad worshiping the Lord and running on the treadmill, playing his Christian crunk music. Every morning he had his Bible open. I would see him. I'll peek out early in the morning before he would go to work and he'd be reading his word. His Bible would be sitting out on the, on the dinner table. Um, and he was always going on these long rants about God. And even though my brother and I, yeah, we get these long lectures, uh, talks about God and sometimes he would lose us but I even though I wasn't always like sometimes I would my brain would tune out my spirit was still alive and listening and it was sinking in so so for those of y'all that are parents just because your kids may not always seem like things aren't you know they're not listening still keep sharing that word with them and just the main thing I would encourage you to do though is share your personal experiences be vulnerable with your kids um, something that I w- my dad didn't really do till he- we got older and became adults. He'd start sharing more stuff, <laughs> details about stuff that he did at grandma's house <laughs> with my mom. I was like, oh, this is weird. But hey, it helps me like, yeah, it's good to know that your parents are humans too. Like, yeah, not because I always thought of my parents as angels. All right. Uh, the psalmist emphasizes, but then I realized, yeah, they're humans too. The psalmist emphasizes the longevity of his discipleship. He had learned from God in his youth and is still proclaiming his wondrous works. Therefore, he prays that God would not abandon him when he is old and gray. He longs to see another generation know and serve the Lord. Though God had brought many troubles and misfortunes into the psalmist's life to strengthen, correct, and develop him, he was confident Yeah, you should underline those words. Troubles, strengthen, correct, and develop us. Ooh, correction, that's the hardest word out of all those. Because no one likes to be corrected, especially in I I struggle with being corrected, especially by authority and authority I don't trust. Uh, that's why I like working on my own. <laughs> so I don't really have to like answer to a, an actual boss at a job. Um, but yeah, God is my boss and he has his way of correcting me, but also strengthening me, strengthening me and developing me. Anyway, he was confident that God would restore him. Therefore, his mouth would be filled with praise as he anticipated, anticipated. Remember that word. Don't lose your anticipation. Don't lose that childlike wonder and dreams that God has placed in your heart. It may not play out the way you expected it to play out, but you have to hold on to that. You have to hold on to that hope and knowing that God will fulfill his promises. He will fulfill the plan that uh, that he started in you a long time ago, before you even in your mother's womb. He who began a good work in you will f- complete it to the end. 
That's what his word says. I'm paraphrasing. Anyway. Therefore, his mouth will be filled with praise as he anticipated the, dis- the disgrace of those who meant him harm. We can look to God with the same confidence regarding the trials he brings into our lives. I have this vision. I just had it just now. Just I'm seeing myself in the future. I don't know when. But just looking into the mirror and just like yelling at the mirror. Like, and just telling the devil, like, hey, you. I'm not saying I'm the devil. I'm just saying this. And you should do this now. Just being like, hey, Satan, you thought you had me. You thought you were going to destroy me. You thought it was over. And just, it's not over. God won. He won. I have victory in him. You you thought you could destroy me. You thought I was going to kill myself. You thought I was going to check up out of here. You thought I was going to just throw in the towel and give up. But I didn't give up. I kept pressing on and the Holy Spirit empowered me to press on. And I'm still standing here and I'm going to keep standing until the day I leave this earth. And you can keep on trying. You can keep on plotting to destroy me and my family. But quote the scripture. He who began a good work in me will complete it to the end. Or quote this. Yes, God. Yes, Satan, you thought you were. Yeah, God gave you a little control, like power to do a few things in my life. And some of those are pretty bad. But ultimately, God is the one that even allowed you to do what you did. But he had a plan all throughout it. He's because he, he caused me to experience many troubles. So I'm gonna pray this. Lord, I understand whether it was my flesh or just the evilness in this world or the devil himself that caused me to experience the many troubles and misfortunes, the divorce, the um, God, I don't even have to name it all, but all, yeah, all the things I've dealt with, God, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again. Even from the depths of the earth, you will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. We honor you. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We sing, we sing throughout our day, Lord, of your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy. We praise you, God. We thank you that you have redeemed us and help our mouths to always proclaim your righteousness, not complain, but proclaim your righteousness all day long. And yes, Satan and his demons and the evilness of this world, even though they may have intended to harm me, he will. He already is disgraced and confounded in Jesus. Mighty precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, since Pops is at work. And I still have some energy. I'm going to record a few more of these, but yeah, I won't go as long. I'll try not to go as long. BRB. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God. God's perfect standard. 
Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.